One, two, three. Harold and Brad. Windy City Filmmakers. Harold and Brad. Windy City Filmmakers. Harold and Brad. It was, it was amazing. You know, I, I've watched every episode, but that one just kicked me right between the eyes. And so that made me just sit back and say, well, who directed it? And there you were. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. I had a good script, too, man. So that was, that was, that was a, it's funny, man, with that particular episode, it was very, it was a tough one because, you know, we lost John the day before we started shooting that episode. Right. It gave me my first opportunity in television. No doubt. I've been trying to get a TV for like 11 years. And John was the one that said, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do two episodes of my show Rebel, which led to, you know, all the other work I've done. So I wouldn't even be in TV without him more than likely. You, did, did you get you? You met him down in Acapulco back in. 19- Absolutely. Yeah, two, yeah. When we did one week and we won the we won ABFF in 2000 with our first film one week. Right. And yeah, I met John there and the Hutton brothers. Nice. Uh, Bill Duke. You know, a lot of great filmmakers, man, that I still consult and talk with. You know what I'm saying? They were all thoroughly impressed with what we did for that ultra, ultra, ultra low budget. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> one week. Right. But one week is amazing. It still shows on Encore. And, you know, yeah, no doubt. Stars, yeah. black. Yeah. It, it, it has a life of its own, which I, that's all you can really ask for. I mean, to me, the biggest compliment is when somebody I don't know says, I saw this movie and it moved me to go do this. And it right. moved me to have this conversation. It moved me to talk about this. And they don't owe me any of that. So especially when they're like, oh, you directed it? I'm like, yeah, that's that's cool. That's always, that's a great feeling, man. Because I mean, it's great getting accolades from your peers and right. your friends. But when someone that doesn't know you and doesn't owe you anything goes out of their way to share how your film moved them, the way do the right thing moved me, that's always a testament. That's, all, that's, that's one of the greatest accomplishments. Actually, we we both were in one week, and and we, that's remember that's right. We were there, <laughs> yeah. and uh, the thing is, my brother uh, showed it to his class down in Atlanta as a school teacher years ago, mm-hmm. or they, he had had a conversation with his young students about it, and they were talking about it, you know. And so the the film moved a lot of people around. It was a great story, and it was well told, well told. Mm-hmm. Whereas at the the quiet the quietness at the end, you know, the nonverbal action at the end, it just floated through, and it was amazing. It was storytelling without words being said. And that climax was amazing, and that reveal at the end was astonishing, you know. And it, it hit people. It hit people right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it did. And that's what we were going for, man. We we you know we watch a lot of movies. Right. And, you know, we, when we were writing it, man, first of all, writing with Kenny Young is already an exercise because you got to come with your A game because right. neither, neither one of us embraced mediocrity. You know what I'm saying? We write something and be like, you know what, man? We could write this whole thing better. Pulse it. You start from scratch. That's, that's what's up. Yeah. And y'all, y'all know Kenny Mama Basement. Y'all been in the basement. <laughs> right, right, right. Hours in the basement. In that basement. You know what I'm saying? We, no we, July 4th, people be at pic- picnics and barbecues. We'd be in that basement working, man. I mean, and we would go in. And those hours that we put in were some of the best lessons learned and some of the best. I mean, you, you sharpen your, your, your sword there. No so doubt. That, you know, you can you can discuss story and craft with anybody. You know what I'm right. saying? Which is which is great because I, and, and I'm I'm grateful because I was linked up with a brother who was as passionate and as insanely driven as I was. 
You know what I'm saying? Who actually may have been driven even more than me because I had, I'm like, I have to step my shit up, man. <laughs> right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? I got to keep bringing it. I got to, whoa, I got to bring more to the table. So it's, it, it, which is vital, man, because, you know, when you navigate an environment where it's not the norm, you know, because out here in LA, everybody's writing something, everybody's trying to create something. This is a creative landscape right here. So much so that, you know, you, you take, you can take it for granted. We didn't have that in Chicago. You know, we didn't have any kind of an infrastructure or anything like that. We just had our dreams and our passion and the vision. So and inspiration and motivation. Yeah. Because yeah, we, we spent a lot of time in that basement for at least for a whole year. You remember the acting <laughs> troupe? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You had to pay a fee if you were late. You had to pay a fee, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. I, yeah. I always talk about the, that time, uh, 98, the 99 for me, uh, February to February, that year of every Saturday morning from 10 to two religiously, we met because it was, it was like, uh, it was something brand new. And you talk about, uh, inspiring Kenny was inspiring. And, uh, I think I had a little inspiration too, because I had that brand new green, go get it, want to get it. (laughs) And the people from the acting class at ETA followed me over. Right. Yeah. That's off my inspiration. They followed me over to the basement. One thing, Harold, you have never run out of is passion. Man, your passion is infectious. Yeah, yeah, it is. You be coming in, I'm tired, I'm sorry. You get to watch (laughs) Harold go like... Y'all do a thousand push-ups, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, man. And you need that. It's vital, man, because you get hit so many different ways sometimes, man. And... I'm not saying being out in LA is is a fairy tale because it's far from it. Right. Because, but but being at home toughens you and prepares you for the the lumps you take when you get out here. But that passion, having that kind of a passion and that that ability to tap into that passion, is almost essential out here because you got a lot of uh, succubus out here that will just drain from take from you and no drain all of your goodness if yeah if you allow it. You did a bad dad rehab, right? I think I saw an interview. You said you shot it in 15 days. Yeah. Uh huh. Now that may seem like a weird question, but uh, when you um when it's when you're moving that quickly and those long days, how important is it to take care of yourself physically and mentally for that type of grind? How what exactly do you do like to uh, make sure you take care of yourself? Well, you know, I'm a I'm a health nut anyway. You know right. I don't, I don't eat red meat. I don't eat chicken. I barely you know, eat. Man, that's stuff. That's on point. Yeah. <laughs> Chicken's worse than pork, bro. Right. You know what I mean? That's a whole other conversation that we can have. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> we definitely can, but I'm saying, like, right. especially for, for people of color. Right. Specifically, black people. No doubt. Red meat and chicken are the worst things we can put in our bodies, man. Right. Some, what they put in them for mass production. To, to make them last longer, to be bigger. And what we're ingesting and digesting and what's not being digested in our systems is killing us. It's killing us collectively. It's, no a, it's one of the most silent, deadliest killers in the country. And yeah, man, so to answer your question, Brad, I'm, I've always been on my fitness thing, man. If I'm not right. running or I'm on, my, I'm on my bike tip now or, you know, sprinting or weights or something, I've always been on my fitness thing. So uh, uh, the 15-day shoot was cool for me because it's over like that. We literally started shooting like March 31st and we wrapped April 15th. So we, I think nice. we had two days off tops and we we're just going. You know, we had we shot for five days off one day, shot for six days off another day. And then we shot for like 
four more days and that was it. You know what I'm saying? So in, in that time frame, I, I'm I'm working out leading up to that. Nice. I'm high. I'm drinking water. I don't I don't drink liquor. I drink water. I'm trying to I, I, I'm drinking a gallon of water a day. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. these are things you do prior to being on set that allows you to stay healthy. You know what I'm saying? Like during the during the winter year, during the winter month, you know, shot of apple cider vinegar, you know, the cyclone slider with turmeric and things of that nature, man. So there are things you can take that makes your immune system, you know, really powerful so that, you know, you don't, I've had a cold in, in years. Oh yeah, man, before, we, before I forget, happy Father's Day, man, to both y'all. Happy Father's Day. Thank you, thank, oh, thank you. Thank you, man, happy thank Father's you. It's my first one. Uh, out. Uh, congratulations, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, Taylor, Taylor's about to be 30 this year in jazz. Man. Yeah, I'm about to be a grandfather actually next man. month. Man. Wow. Yeah. And uh, wow. Jasmine Jasmine was supposed to get married last month, but she's gonna wait till next because of this COVID thing. COVID next. thing, yeah. 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 Well, I remember you used to bring them to the to the basement. Yeah. I know, right? Wow. That's what's up, man. That's something. And and so uh yeah. And happy Juneteenth, fellas, because happy this Juneteenth, is that's right. Happy Juneteenth. All of us. Yeah, absolutely. Everything going on right now, it's important that we celebrate and recognize Juneteenth more now than ever. It's going to be something recognized for, from here to eternity now, for sure. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm, go, go ahead, here. what's your question? No, no, no go ahead, because I was about to change the subject. No, I was just going to say that, you know, in this, this, this current climate, right, it's, it's, as, as African-American men, you know, we, we shoulder a lot of responsibility, a lot of, you know, a lot of weight is on us. Deservedly so, you know what I'm saying? Right. And, and, you know, we, we have to really, we really have to, uh, Purposely drive our voices, no doubt. So that we can elevate, lead, follow, and you know just be better as a collective for our communities. You know what I'm saying? So this this, this last month in particular, first of all, the pandemic was a global pause, right? Something that's never happened ever, yeah, in, in history of the world, where everybody just had to stop and sit. And do and not do what anything they are used to doing. Right. What so made you stop? You couldn't help but stop and think. You could try to binge watch TV all you want, but eventually you're gonna be sitting and you'll be thinking. And it makes you, you know, really do some self reflection. <laughs> Coupled with the civil unrest and these senseless deaths no of question. black men and women, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, you know, all these people, Obviously. all that is compounding that has put us at a point where it's a global pivot. No doubt. And there's, we'll never be back to the way things were March 1st. We'll never be there again. That, that's done. And this is, it's, this is an, it's an opportunity. You know, uh, one of my mentors always talks about crisis. And crisis can be looked at in two different ways. It's danger and opportunity. Right. And we're in the middle of a crisis where there's danger, definitely, because we're getting killed senselessly. But there's also opportunity for us to take ourselves to a whole other level. No and celebrating June 10th, Juneteenth, I think is vital because one of the things that has always been an issue with us is validating our self-worth. When you don't validate your self-worth, you're susceptible to any and everything. No doubt. And learning to value yourself, value your culture, value your people, value your comrades elevates you 
And certain things that might have bothered you before don't bother you anymore. Right. Because you have a, it, it gives you a stability and a sense of security. So that, you know, because insecure people do insecure shit. No and shit. Insecure, right. the smallest thing will set you off. Right. You have a sense of self, a sense of worth, you move differently. So that's why celebrating Juneteenth, and I know Juneteenth has been around for years. And, and I'm happy that this year, people are fucking with it in, in ways they never fucked with it before. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Anything that gives a, a, a person of color more sense of value and esteem, I'm 100% behind. That's all I want to say. So what advice would you give to aspiring filmmakers and writers um, trying to pop things off? What, what advice would you give to them? Well, I mean, yeah, that's uh, okay. I would say learn the craft. No doubt. Learn the craft. Find out what your voice is. You find out what your voice is by doing it. You want to do it. Don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to make some shitty movies. All <laughs> right. It, 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 but but most importantly, acknowledge you making a shitty movie. Right. There's too many filmmakers I'd be making trash, be thinking they making amazing <laughs> shit. Like, if you respect craft and growth, you're gonna make some god awful movies. I made. Trust me, I got some god awful shit on my under my on my resume. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Same. So, but the, the the my saving grace was I knew it was trash, and I knew why it was trash. And I said, okay, this is trash. This isn't indicative of my skill set. So I was like, okay, I know I can be better than this because I see the problems. You know what I'm saying? I've talked to a lot of filmmakers and I give them notes on their work. They want to defend and debate. And I'm like, motherfucker, this ain't a debate. <laughs> All right. I hear debate you about your film. No because doubt. you have to assume that when someone's watching your film, you're not in the room next to them explaining, well, we wanted to do this, but we had no to do this. You can't afford that. The work has to speak for itself. True, true. The work has to stand on its own. So learning the craft, getting better, learning from your, and you don't even make fails, you just make lessons, you learn lessons. And you apply these lessons as you grow. That's how you grow as a filmmaker. And right. you want to make sure you're growing. You're not stagnating. You're constantly elevating and growing and getting better and better. So you know what? I fucked up on that short, so I'm not going to do that on this one. And then I can do this on top of that. Then you're giving nuance and you're giving voice, and you're giving craft, and you're giving style and techniques so that when someone sees your piece, they're blown away. And you're looking at, okay, that is a testament to all of the work and effort I put forth and the mistakes I made before. So to a young filmmaker, I'd say, I mean, the beauty for now, they have their phones. No doubt, They're no doubt. Amazing tools. You can shoot right. a film, edit a film, and post a film all at, you know, all from your phone. Right. So because of that, you can shoot as much as you want. Just make sure when you're shooting something, you're looking at it and learning from it. You know, some people get caught up in their their, their own drama or their glamour and think that shit don't stink and think they're amazing and keep churning out the same shit and not getting better. And they surround themselves with people that champion their bullshit. So when they <laughs> 10, 15 movies in, like you still making this, you should constantly keep aspiring to be better. And then, you know, find somebody that you admire and study their trajectory. You know what I'm saying? If you can, reach out to them. You know what I'm saying? Have a conversation with them. Because you can learn, a wise person learns from their experiences. Wait, no, I'm sorry. A smart person learns from their experiences. 
A wise person learns from the experiences of others. You know what I'm saying? I love learning from somebody else so that I ain't got to go through it. I love that right. shit. Mm -hmm. I ain't trying to, I, I don't need to get kicked in the teeth again. That's what I would tell filmmakers, man. You know what I'm saying? For Brad Stevens and Harold Dennis. We'll be back with another podcast. Matt Love to Carl Seedon. And we'll talk to you later. Peace. Peace. All right, y'all. Peace. Peace, my brother. <laughs>